Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living had been discussing chapter 10, Vibhuti Yoga, Yoga of Divine Glories. So far in this segment we have seen that chapter 7, 8 and 9 has made an attempt to explain the concept of omnipresent God and the unity in this diversity. That this world of plurality I see is nothing but the manifestation of the same source. And we have seen it as the lower prakriti of the reality and the higher prakriti of the reality. That which sustains this plurality is the higher prakriti unmanifest. That which is perceived by my senses is the lower prakriti, as the manifest world as we see. And in throughout Bhagwan has been trying to explain the concept that no matter what we see, it is nothing but the same reality. I am the source of all the beings and all the things. Everything is pervaded by me. And we have seen that in chapter 7, as the two prakritis, that everything you see in this prakriti is the eightfold manifestation is me. Then in chapter 8, we have seen as the imperishable Brahman. That in this mortal world, everything is perishable. But something remains imperishable in this ever-changing world. The source and the essence of all things and being remain imperishable. Nothing gets ever lost. As the physics says the conservation of energy. Energy can turn from one form to another, into matter, back to energy again. But the total amount of energy in the universe remains always the same. Conservation. So we may see this world as manifested in many different ways, but at the same time there's something remains constant and imperishable. That was the theme we had been constantly discussing. And then in the last chapter, in chapter 9, Bhagavan basically made an attempt to explain our relationship with that ultimate reality. That him being all-pervading he does not dwell in beings or things, but things and beings dwell in him. And they say even those things and beings do not dwell in him, but he remains the supporter of all the things and beings without dwelling in them. Without being getting conditioned by the limitations of the things and beings, he remains the cause for. He is the cause, we are the effects. If you remove the cause, there are no effects. You remove the gold from the gold chain, gold chain does not remain. Swami so used to tell this joke that one wife was really asking her husband to get a gold chain. He said, well, I'll give you a gold chain, 
but then you give the gold back to me and you keep the chain. Well, the chain does not remain. So, he is the cause, we are the effects. That's the relationship we learned in chapter 9. We have learned that cause and effect are one and the same. Cause always remain in throughout the existence of the effect. You remove the cause, effect goes away. Effect is a temporary manifestation, cause is the permanence. The standard example is a gold and gold chain. Gold remains constant, chain continues to change its form and shape. So after even explaining all that, Bhagwan came to this chapter, chapter 10, and said, let me one more time explain to you what is your relationship. Our relationship is that everything came out of one source. And how the creation became what it is that you see and perceive. So we have seen the two perspectives. One from the perspective of the samasti, macrocosm, that from Brahmaji, the creator, seven rishis came up. Brahmaji created seven rishis, and from them the world comes. So the concept of saptarshi is the seven things or entities which create this universe. One is universal intellect, universal ego, the total intellect with all the intellects put together in this universe is the total intellect. All the egos put together in this universe is total ego. And the five sense objects. This seven creates this entire world that we perceive as this universe. The ego, the intellect, objects of ego and intellect to work on. Create this entire jagat from the samasthi's point of view. And they are called saptarishis. They are the seven originator of this universe. But at the microcosm, at my level, my world is created by four eternal kumaras who remain ever young. And those are my mind intellect, chitta and ahankar. My ego, my chitta which is a thinking entity, my mind and my intellect. These four remain always young. My body gets old, mind remains as young as it was before. Intellect remains as young as it was before. I may not remember things, but that's not my intellect fault. So, I, at the mental level, remain always active. So, ahankar also remains ever young. It's not that my ahankar diminishes as we go older. It's actually getting worse and worse. I have more things to get attached to. So, so this four creates my world at the microcosm. So, my world is explained and my world is because of my mental equipment. The world outside is because of this Mahat, the Brahma's uh, equipment. And then Bhagwan coming back and saying, but the one who knows me as the source of all beings and who is pervading everything, worship me. Tesam satata yuktanam bhajatam priti purvakam. Those who devote themselves to that idea, which I have learned in last lecture, that he is the source of all the beings. And they will lovingly follow that concept. 
in the previous chapter Bhagavan says the one who continues to meditate on this idea that there is nothing else but the one source with sannyasa yoga yuktatma one who is established in this renunciation renunciation all other identification is dropped as this is this and this is that this is nothing but the manifestness of that is the sannyasa all the sense of agency that i am the doer he is the doer she is the doer he is the doer that is sanyasa yoga yuktatma one who is established in the yoga of renunciation that person certainly will attain me he said that whoever meditates upon whom that is the entity that person will attain the worshipper of devas go to devas the worshipper of pitrus goes to pitrus worshipper of the bhutas go to bhutas but my bhaktas come to me by this sanyasa yoga to do this you really don't have to have some special qualities and special wealth and resources patram puspam phalam toyam yome bhakta pra whatever you have the firm devotion if you offer it to me i will accept that this is an equal opportunity endeavor nbj architecture is an equal opportunity employer because we want everyone to apply we want to get the best to apply and get the job you don't leave anybody out bhagwan does exactly that my bhakta can be anybody even the society may have disadvantaged you in pursuing this path but if you with whatever little resources you have striya vaishya tatakshudra these are the classes of people whose society have historically made them disadvantaged in getting any knowledge but even they with their little resources devote themselves to me with this idea that he is the source of all the beings and everything is pervaded by him he said they will come to me so last chapter is sanyasa yoga yuktatma in this chapter is avikampa yoga one who is now establish himself in tremorless yoga this idea is firmly established in my thinking that there cannot be anything else other than him you remove him and the entity does not exist and therefore that's avikampa yoga one who establishes himself in avikampa yoga bhagwan said i will give them buddhi yoga tesam satat yuktanam bhajatam priti dadami buddhi yoga i give them buddhi yoga so it is more like that yogi bharas you know saying more i practice luckier i get more you practice bhagwan said more i give to you buddhi you may think it is my idea i figured out bhagwan said more you practice this with priti purvakam i'll give you the buddhi to realize who you are you practice sanyasa yoga avikampa yoga and i'll give you buddhi yoga dadami buddhi yogam buddhi is not something you are born with i will give you that knowledge so dadami buddhi yogam so bhagwan made a clear point to make you understand that all you have to do is make yourself completely established in the fact that no matter how things look contrary to my likes and dislikes and ideas but it is nothing but in the end his 
Leela, his manifestation. And after all that, Arjuna started asking questions. Say, okay, this is all great. Verse 13 onwards, Arjuna's question. So he said that you are all pervading, you are the Lord of all beings. All the Rishis have said this. Muni of all Munis, Narad Muni also said this. Also Asito, Devalo, all these people said that now you are telling me yourself. But you know yourself by yourself. This is a fact. I know myself by myself. So if you really want to know me, you have to come to me and say, Neil, you tell me your life story. Who are you? And unless I tell you everything about myself, you will never be able to know me. You can study my life story, you can research all you want to do, but you will never come to the 100% understanding of who I am till I tell you everything who I am. Arjuna said, only you know yourself by yourself. So only you can now tell me on what form I should meditate. All this is great, but I still can't fathom how to meditate on this vast idea of you are the source of all being. When I sit down in meditation, what do I picture? What do I think about? This is truly a real question every seeker asks. After understanding all this, how do I conceptualize in my mind? what the God is all about, and what my relationship is. The very idea that Krishna didn't look like you and I bothers a lot of people. We went to see this uh, Mahabharat done by uh, Peter Brooks. And I had my youth class at the time I was teaching. So I said, well, let's all go and watch this Mahabharat. And we also took their parents. And their parents also said, we will also come. So we all went to see Mahabharat. And as soon as we came out of the theater, like, what a rubbish Mahabharat. You know, Bhishma looked like a Masai. Ah, what a rubbish Mahabharat. Krishna looked like some old man. Because they were completely shattered by the idea that Krishna could look like that. And the war was fought in the primitive method. Not with this glorious thing we see on B.R. Chopra's glittering arms and fancy chariots. Bone arrow was made out of bamboos and and they were so mad at Peter Brook. What kind of Mahabharata is this? It was really eye-opening to me. Our preconceived idea is Krishna looks like that. Now you take that to a level where you have to imagine a God as all-pervading, all-encompassing. Not only the human beings, but all the beings. What is he all about? It's not possible for an average human being to conceptualize God that's why in all religions there is always some symbol. Even in the Vedic literature, they have a symbol, Om. Your mind has to have something to conceptualize what God is all about. So Arjuna said, Krishna, I know. You are Devaki's son, my cousin. But now you are telling me you are not who you are. You are the source of all the beings. How should I now think about you? It's not possible for me to conceptualize based on what you told me so far. Katham vidyam aham yogihi tvam sada parichintayan. Keshu keshu cha bhaveshu chintya asi bhagavan maya. Ever meditating on this form, whenever I meditate on your form, on what different form should I be meditating upon you? 
you tell me because right now all this thing you told me is actually made me even more confused at one point i say bhagwan looks like rama and krishna or whatever my concept now when i learned this he said okay no no that's not bhagwan rama was dasrath son and krishna was devaki's son so now actually we lose the little bit of a faith we have in bhagwan so now krishna cannot help me because he was in that time he is not here that's why we get this comment all the time well arjun had krishna to teach him we don't have anybody so how are we going to do it but krishna actually said in the bhagavad gita i am always there not just for the arjuna for every devotee i am always there because you are nothing but me swami just to sign letters saying die yourself you know yours truly so i said die yourself you and i are no different you are a student and i am a teacher i am a guru and you are chela but you and i are the same self but the idea is not easy to conceptualize in our mind therefore arjuna said now you tell me give me some pointers how should i be meditating upon you vistarena atmano yogam vibhutim cha janardana tell me your yoga and vibhuti we know your yoga na yoga you told me that i am the source of all beings everything is pervaded by me everything comes out of me that the yoga but vibhuti glories tell me how i recognize your presence in all this glory vistarena in detail not cliff notes version because i am not grasping it bhoyah kathaya truptihi srunvato na asti me amrutam rest assured that i'm not getting bored you had been keep repeating every chapter but rest assured i'm not getting bored truptihi srunvato na asti i don't get satisfied by listening to your this nectar like speech so take your time because i'm really enjoying it and also i am not clear how to meditate upon you keep telling me that the one who devotes himself to you thinking that you are the source of all beings and provider be you he will be liberated but i have problem conceptualizing this in my mind so you now tell me how should i do it so the next verse 19 bhagwan comes back again say hanta te kathayishyami hanta elas or okay we are back to square one after explaining a very abstract idea to somebody and that somebody comes back to you and say but explain to me again what did we talk about and how how should i now figure this thing out i have understood that you are the sincere student and you really want to learn so that gives me some hope as a teacher but at the same token it also puts a burden on me it is now a burden on me as a teacher to figure out what was the best method for me to explain to you what is the best method that you will understand exactly the essence of this concept we have used all this in the first few chapters about explaining how things come out what is the the source of this universe what is the process of creation you are nothing but part of this creation now you connect yourself from here to the big picture and now you feel so small i'm just a minuscule part of this universe now i'm going to connect myself to the source of the universe it just unthinkable and therefore we most of us say 
it's all good but not achievable arjuna is not giving up he says okay it seems very very difficult and abstract but i put burden on you mr teacher you tell me now how should i be thinking about you because i'm unable to think in that broad terms so hunt te kasayishyami i'm going to tell you again divyahi atma vibhutaya i'm going to tell you all my divine glories pradhanyataha main one kurusveshta na asti anto vistarasyame because there is no end to my vibhuti i'm going to give you the highlights of my major qualities and then you should be able to identify yourself with the source of that entity with that we'll stop here om sarve bhavantu sukhina sarve santu niramayah sarve bhadrani pashyantu ma kaschit dukha bhag bhave om shanti 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 hari yo श्री गुरुभ्यो नम हरि ओ